When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Sports Media Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to College Football Coast to Coast. It is week 10. We have four weeks left until we decide who's going to our conference championships in this college football season. Of course, as we normally do, uh, we jump right into it. Uh, but before we get to it, uh, we did not put an episode out last week. I was under the weather. I've been sick lately, so I know, Tyler, you haven't been feeling top of your game either, but here we are once again. Uh, we're going to battle through it and give you guys this weekend's uh, games, kind of update with everything going on. Of course, on Tuesday, we had the big update with the college football playoff poll for the first time this season that came out. Some very questionable things that are in there that we'll get to and discuss in this show. But we will open up with our AP risers and fallers. Uh, and, of course, a lot of that's subject to change, too, with the, with the college football playoff poll and everything. So we will jump into it. Tyler, first, give me your, give me your faller uh, of this past week. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Utah. They got completely embarrassed against Oregon. I've uh, been really impressed with this Oregon team. You know, they, they lost on on a missed field goal against Washington. Uh, but really the way that Washington's been looking, I think that Oregon's looking like the team to beat uh, in the Pac-12. Uh, I really thought that Utah really stood a chance. Uh, but, man, they just didn't have an offense to compete uh, with Oregon. And their defense usually is stout. They were not stout uh, last Saturday. Uh, so, not very impressive. Utah, you know, without Cam Rising being there the whole entire season, it's looking like uh, definitely it's a blow. I think if Cam Rising was in that game, it probably would have been closer. I still think that Oregon probably wins that game, uh, but definitely a disappointing loss, and that probably uh, boots uh, Utah out of the Pac-12 race. Yeah, probably so. I mean, my team here is kind of in the same boat. Uh, I'm going with Oklahoma. I think OU, they're a letdown loss on the road in Lawrence, Kansas. I, it's one of those things where you had the lead, you gave the game away, and it was kind of back and forth. But, you know, that's the brand of Big 12 football that we've come to watch and, and love as of late, you know, is, is the ones that we like back and forth games, no defense type thing. Um, and that was kind of how that game went. OU just looks too shaky for me. And, and we'll get to it when we react to the poll. But, you know, for them to be sitting where they are after the fact and them still being in the 10 spot kind of confuses me. I mean, you lose to an unranked Kansas team, and I know Kansas is still a good football team, but you lose to an unranked team on the road. Uh, there's got to be something to be said for for that. So for them to only go down to 10 is kind of interesting to me, knowing the teams that are behind them that look kind of better or right at their pace right now at this point in the season. Uh, so they're my faller. Who's your riser for the week? I'm going to go with Louisville. Really impressive win against Duke. Uh, you know, Duke, uh, Riley Leonard was uh, playing in that game. I don't think that he was healthy. He's been dealing with an injury. Uh, he was out 
uh, and yesterday's game against uh, Wake Forest or two days ago. Uh, so, you know, Louisville controls their own destiny in the ACC. You know, they, they have that one loss. Uh, but outside of that, you know, look at their remaining schedule. You know, you have a road trip to Miami. Can you pass that? Miami is starting to play better. You know, they had that one uh, early loss uh, to Georgia Tech. They've been improving. Tyler Van Dyke, he's been playing to his potential. So I think Louisville, all the chips are really falling into their favor. I think that at number 15, the AP poll, uh, they're number 13 in the college football playoff poll. Uh, so really, they could still make a run to the college football playoff. You know, if you, you know, run the table, go 11 and 1, and then you beat an undefeated Florida State team, uh, Louisville will definitely be in the college football playoff. The resume is going to be good. Uh, so, uh, you know, in a conference that we all want to talk about, Florida State, I think that Louisville says a lot to play for. So they're my riser of the week. Yeah, for me, my riser of the week's an undefeated team that's kind of sitting in limbo there in the middle of the top 25, and that's Air Force. Air Force at 19, uh, you know, in the AP poll. Of course, they kind of we'll – talk, well, we'll talk about that. But, you know, they had a big win on the road at Colorado State. They're they're kind of sitting in the middle of, of a game here where they're going to be at home against Army. Uh, you go on the road to Hawaii, then you come back home against UNLV course you finish out with Boise State on the road so there's some good games there um you know thing about it is though is only one of those games is against a team's record that's above 500 two teams there that are at 500 so strength strength of schedule comes into mind there of course um but that's what you get when you're when you're playing in that conference when you're playing in the Mountain West it's just it's one of those where right now it's just not strong enough and and I hate to say that Air Force, even if they do go undefeated, more than likely they're going to get a New Year's Six Bowl game, but they won't make the college football playoff. This is not going to happen. Um, but next year might be a different story, you know, based on what happens. So uh, for them, I, I'm very impressed with Air Force this year. Their wins aren't just close wins. They're blowout wins, um, which which means they can stick around with basically anybody in any conference. So I, I could see them being – a team like Tulane, you know, to come in like you like they beat USC last year in the Cotton Bowl. I, I could see that happening for them, and and it'd be great for them to go undefeated and, and win a bowl game. Uh, so really good from uh, the Air Force Air. So moving into our next fun segment, of course, this is our first of four renditions or five renditions of this. Uh, but we're going to react to the College Football Top Twenty Five poll. Came out on Tuesday evening. Tyler, you were blowing up the group chat this week and talking about it that night. And I completely forgot it was on Tuesday night. I was coming home from golf state championships and, and saw you reacting to it. And I was like, shoot, man, I need to watch this. So I caught the tail end of it, you know, on my phone and everything. But I, I kind of shook my head at some of the things that were, you know, mentioned or, or some of the rankings that were put out there by the committee. Um, and it's one of those things where here we go again, you know, we kind of, we know what the committee is going to do. It, it's we we're we've come to the point now where we know what we to expect from the committee. And they did exactly what we expected for the most part. Yeah. I was like, I mentioned the group chat. I just didn't understand the Ohio state at number one. I thought for sure it was going to be Georgia. Now I know that Georgia hasn't really played anybody up to date, but, Really, the way that they looked, like they, they always, the committee says, we start with a clean sheet. 
how the heck do you put Ohio State at number one over Georgia the way that Georgia dominated Florida? I mean, Florida is no shoe-in. I mean, some people are calling them average. I think that they're a pretty good football team. I mean, they're probably going to be like seven and five, probably six and six. Yes, they're going to be an average football team, uh, but they definitely got some dudes. Uh, but, you know, I definitely get what the committee's think. You know, the resume for Ohio State is definitely one of the best in the country. You know, they got a road victory against Notre Dame. Well, they didn't really look too pretty. And then uh, got a win against Penn State. We'll see how that win uh, tops out. Uh, Penn State, you know, has a road trip to Maryland this week. If they pass that, then they have a, another big test at home against Michigan. Uh, so I just don't really see Ohio State being – they're not really playing up to the potential of a number one team. I think that Georgia, you can't really knock them off the pedestal yet. I mean, come on. These are the two – these are back-to-back national champs. There is no reason uh, that's really outside of that. Ohio State has struggled. In most of their games, like it, even in the Maryland game, they were bleed down seven going into the half. And then, you know, they stormed all the way back. I can't really come to mind that Georgia has struggled. You, yes, they struggled on the road against Auburn. That, that was a hostile environment. But really outside of that, they've really taken care of business. And my mother note is like if you're going to like put Ohio State on a pedestal, why do you have Florida State below Michigan? Michigan hasn't played a damn soul yet. Nothing is like they haven't played anybody. I mean, there's nothing faulting them, but they haven't really proven anything. Now they have their two uh, really big games. They got Penn State, Ohio State. But if you really look at Florida State's resume, they beat, you know, Duke so far. It was, you know, a borderline top 25 team. They beat LSU. That LSU win is starting to to be better. Uh, And so I think that, you know, Florida State looking at their resume, you know, they got their win against Clemson. Can't really fault that win because Clemson's now four and four. Uh, but I think if you're going to put Ohio State with their resume at one, I think that Florida State needs to be ahead of Michigan. Yeah, <clears throat> my opinion on on the first five teams that are up there because they are all undefeated, and those are really the only undefeated teams that are are in conversation right now. Um, yeah, my opinion here is yes, Ohio State got a win at Notre Dame. Well, Notre Dame's an average football team in my opinion this year they just they look all over the place mentally and they just it, you never know what you're going to get when they come out of the tunnel type thing they're six and two and kind of or seven i'm sorry seven and two and just kind of all over creation with with their offense and stuff if hartman doesn't have a good game then they're going to lose a football game um and we've seen that happen when he's throwing interceptions they can't get the ball down the field so it's hard to push the ball against good defense for them. Um, so Ohio State at one, they beat Penn State. They're playing at home, yeah, but it was kind of a scrappy game, and you know it was an eight point game at the end of it all. But for for me, yeah, George, I, I feel like they're looking at the strength of schedule in that respect. But I to your point, you know, if you're going to look at strength of schedule, then they need to be mindful of what Michigan has not done, you know, so far this season. Of course, we don't know what's yet to come out of the Michigan program as a whole, you know, if they're even eligible, you know, towards the end of the season. There is a lot of conversation. They had a, the Big Ten coaches meet, have a meeting earlier this week, and uh, I think in large part, majority, um, if it wasn't unanimously, you know, was in favor of uh, having strict, you know, policy set and and restrictions made on Michigan as a result of it. Um, You know, Purdue's coaching staff came out and said that they 
know for a fact that Michigan was at their game uh, and on their sideline, you know, watching the game and everything like that. So, I mean, there was a video that surfaced, you know, this week of uh, the guy from Michigan on the on their sideline of Central Michigan sideline, you know, wearing Central Michigan gear uh, standing there. So, yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's it's sad. Um, I hate to see it for their players because it's it, it should have nothing to do with their players because that's program done and, and and the kids are just playing they just want to play football at the end of the day and, and it's it's pretty sad for it to be politically motivated like that and it's just one of those things where I think I think Michigan is gonna have to have some sort of restriction put on them whether that happens this season or next season we won't know um, but back to it I think Florida State yeah they should be above them I think Florida State should be at three. Um, and in my opinion, I think Washington should be at four. Washington's played a tougher slate than Michigan so far, and I think Washington deserves that spot, to be honest with you. Now, Washington got a scrappy win on the road at Stanford last week, and, and it was just one of those where Washington looks like if they play a good football team, it could be tough, um, in which my opinion, Oregon sitting at six. I don't think or- Oregon should be sitting at six. I Just my opinion is is the only game that they've played – and anybody with the pulse is Washington, and they ended up losing. And and they lost that game in large part to a bad coaching decisions. Texas and Alabama at 7-8 and eight I think is ridiculous in my opinion as well. Um, just looking at it, I mean, I get it, but the part that I don't understand and the, the most confusing part is OU at 9. Um, you lose your, – your loss is a road loss against an unranked football team. And you're still sitting at nine against an Ole Miss team who only has one loss, and that's against Alabama, who's at eight. Um, so, in my opinion, if you're going to keep Alabama at eight, Ole Miss needs to be at nine. Penn State needs to be at ten, considering Penn State's only loss is to the number one ranked team in the country now. So, if you're going to have Penn State at a seven and one, they need to be towards the top of your seven and one teams that are sitting there. Just my, just my opinion. If you're gonna, if you're gonna draw it up like that. Uh, Missouri in, in Louisville, I just don't see them moving too much as a result of the teams that are above them. Heck, Missouri's only loss is a loss at home to a ranked LSU. Um, and with that being the case, I think they should be higher than OU. I, it's a ranked loss, and you're playing at home. I, I, that's my opinion on that one, too. Same with Louisville. Um, and then once you get past there, you run into your two lost teams. But if they're going to have some sort of transparency when it comes to this college football playoff for the last time, and they want to make it right for one last time, but it just seems to me like this is the same old, same old, and they just want to move on with it and talk about the 12 team after this and just say, poof, forget about it. Yeah, I think we're all ready for the 12 team. I mean, this, I mean, you got, you know, an Oklahoma State team that just beat Kansas, and yet Kansas uh, is ranked ahead of them. So I guess they just don't care about the head to heads. I think my like one main gripe is Air Force being so dang low. They're number 25. They're behind a couple of two-loss teams. I know that, yes, they, their schedule isn't great, but have you looked at this Air Force team? I mean, their body of work is better than a 25 team. They're below Tulane. I know that Tulane loss that, you know, Michael Pratt wasn't in that game. They're propping that loss up uh, on a silver platter. Uh, but outside of that, I think that Air Force is highly disrespected, and I hope that they use that moving forward. Yeah, there's there's a few teams in there that I don't think should be in the top twenty five, um, in my opinion. 
right now in the college football playoff top 25. Um, one of those being USC. I don't think they're good enough to be in the top 25 right now. At, from the body of work that we've seen from them, I just don't think that they are. Um, I think Oregon State is ranked a little too high at 16, especially after their loss last week. Um, it's kind of a pitiful loss for them. UCLA, yeah, they won against Colorado. They played at home, but 6-2 and two for them. I just, I don't know. They're going to sit right there where they are. I mean, if that's the case, um, you know, Tulane being at 24 and Air Force being at 25 is my biggest question marks. If they're going to be those seven and one teams and eight and no teams, I think they need to be sitting around the 14, 15 mark um, and then shuffle your teams down from there. So that's, that's my opinion on it. And I, I think you're probably looking at it the same way I am, but yeah, if you're going to, right now, it's pretty much based on record other than there are two teams at the bottom, which doesn't make a whole lot of a sense to me. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll have a lot more to talk about after this week. And there's a couple of big games this week, and I'm sure the new playoff poll will be something that we can talk about more again because it, it's just an ongoing thing that just is a giant snowballing effect each week. So, we will figure it out by the end of the season. But, of course, those games that will decide those top 25 uh, rankings next Tuesday are played this weekend. Of course, number 15, Notre Dame, is on the road at Clemson. Notre Dame is the three-point favorite on the road in the, uh, I don't know, what do I call it, the Fisher-Price Death Valley um so yeah so i don't know death valley hadn't been working this season they're four and four so um yeah so this game here i i I don't know tyler it's one of those where it's clemson at home clemson doesn't lose football games at home and i think that's why it's such a close one you know and you have to look past the record but for notre dame for them i think this is if they win this game it has to be by three in order for it to be a statement win, I think it had to be by seven in order to be a statement win personally. But um, yeah, I, I think that they have to come in with the mentality that they're going to have to take Clemson all the way to the very end. And it could be a one, you know, a one possession game coming down to the end of it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Notre Dame is coming off of an absolute blowout win uh, against Pitt. They scored 50 plus points in that game. Their offense was rolling. Their defense uh, got a pick six and a couple of turnovers. So, you know, Notre Dame uh, has been rolling. You know, they're out of the college football playoff race, but, you know, they still have a a good opportunity ahead of them uh, to sneak into a New Year's six. Uh, And then Clemson, I mean, man, I have no idea. What is going on with this program? A couple of years ago, we were talking about, you know, is this the next dynasty that's going to compare with Alabama? Nope. They're back to reality, back at four and four. Uh, Dabo has been dealing with all these excuses and, you know, the bandwagon fan comment that he had a couple of weeks ago. And I, it's just like not – this is what happens when you don't use the transfer portal in NIL. You know, this is what happens. Teams get over passes. This isn't, you know, the early 2000s, the 1900s anymore. You got to use the transfer portal. That's how it is. It's how other teams are doing. Just look at Florida State the way that they're doing. Most of their team – is from the transfer portal, and they're one of the best teams in the country. Uh, so there's not really adapting well to the modernization of college football. I do expect this one to be close just because it is uh, in Death Valley, uh, but I just don't think that Notre Dame is going to lose this game. I think that Notre Dame is the better football team. 
I think the way that Clemson's offense has been rolling doesn't really give me too much confidence, especially against an Notre Dame defense that's coming off one of their best performances. Uh, so I'll give Notre Dame the touchdown win. I think it's going to be a defensive battle, but I think that's Sam Harmon and the boys. Uh, Audric Estime coming off of a huge performance, had three touchdowns against Pitt. Look for him to do pretty much the same. I, I think that uh, Clemson just doesn't really stand a chance in this one. Uh, you know, they're going to fall to four and five, and they're going to have to pick up a couple of wins to even get that six-win mark. Uh, so uh, I think that Notre Dame wins this one. I'll say, uh, you know what, I'll go. I think that they get a statement. I'll say 27-17. Yeah, it's kind of where I see this game personally, too. I mean, I'm going to say it's probably a 31-21 to 21 win. Um, give them a 10-point victory and give Clemson the benefit of the doubt for them to get a couple touchdowns at home. But, uh, yeah, I just don't see Notre Dame losing this football game. Not at that resume. And seeing what they've seen this year, Clemson looks like a walk in the park for them uh, for, for this weekend. Moving away from that one, we'll go over to the Big 12. Number nine, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, they're facing off. Uh, Tyler, what is this the battle of? Bedlam. Yes, and uh, it's going to be a really good one. Uh, Oklahoma is the six-point favorite. Um, I, I I just think people are discounting this Oklahoma State football team. And I get that they lose, you know, two games this season and it's kind of a two tough losses but you also have a big win against a ranked team with Kansas State you know and I think that if they want to be in talks of still being in the Big 12 race I th- I think they have a shot still to be in the Big 12 race I mean looking at it right now they're currently what third in line fourth in line when it comes to that you get a big win against Oklahoma here who's ranked in the top 10 for the playoff they're still they still have a shot if Texas loses. So I think people have kind of written in pen that OU and Texas are going to face off against each other in the Big 12 championship game. And Oklahoma State, I think, is kind of sitting there going, oh, hold on a second, we're still here. Um, so, yeah, I think Oklahoma State playing at home is definitely going to be a tough thing for Oklahoma, especially after last week. I mean, I don't think Oklahoma is as good as – people think they are and that's where i'm at with it yeah they played against texas but and they beat them but i just don't that's the only win that they have that's worth talking about so that's kind of why i think this game is home field advantage will win this football game so i'm gonna go with the cowboys i think the pokes are gonna do it i think they're gonna do it man um yeah oklahoma state at home i've seen them winning I think oh I think they'll cut they won't cover the six the other direction. Um it's probably a three point win for them. So I'm gonna go thirty three thirty. I think they can do it. Yeah, I think that uh I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna go with the pokes too. I've been really liking this team. Like you mentioned, they got a real ugly loss on their resume, a thirty three to seven home loss to South Alabama, and that South Alabama team's been up and down and up and down. They just lost to Troy pretty handily, twenty eight to ten in that game. Uh but yeah, Oklahoma State has figured it out. You know, their defense uh, is middle of the road, but Oklahoma's defense isn't too uh, thrilled about either. You know, they had one of their worst performances against Kansas. And like you mentioned, you know, they had that one win against Texas, but they struggled against SMU and they struggled against Cincinnati at the early of the season. You know, Dylan Gabriel in this offense uh, definitely has to play better than they did 
uh, last week against Kansas. Uh, I expect this one to be a shootout. This Bedlam rivalry always is. It's going to be the last one because Oklahoma is going to be moving to the SEC. Uh, so this is definitely going to be – this is one of the best robberies. I think that this robbery game doesn't really get talked about. Bedlam is one of my favorite games to watch. Uh, but a player to watch is Ollie Gordon, the Oklahoma State running back. I mean, this man has been running hog wild. You know, two weeks ago I had him as my dog of the week. He had 280 rushing yards. And then last week he had 270. So I think that he's going to run all over this Oklahoma team and knock him out not only in the Big 12 championship race, but the college football playoff race. Give me Oklahoma State. I'll say 35-31. I think it's always going to be a close game, uh, but it's going to take 30s to win this one. So give me the pokes at home and Mike Gundy. Yeah, I mean, we both got Gundy and the pokes winning this one and both in the 30s. So, yeah, I think this game will be really good. Excited for it, ready for it. And then moving over to... Our Big Ten game of the week here, it is number 11, Penn State, coming off their loss uh, against Ohio State. They're back at it here. They're headed to Maryland to face off against the Terrapins. Um, this game here, I think, is normally it's a close game until about the third quarter and then halfway through the third quarter, and then Penn State will take the game over. Penn State's only the eight on the road here. Maryland is five and three. Penn State seven and one right now. They still have a shot for the college football playoff somehow, some way, if something happens. Um, so they're still in it, and, and this is this is a big game. In order to do that, you can't lose on the road. You need a big statement win here. I think Penn State can get their big statement win here after that loss against Ohio State, and say that they're still a really good football team and still there uh, in the committee's eyes but the committee doesn't like Penn State for some ungodly reason. But okay. Um, no, I think Penn State can win this game. I'm going to go 34-10. I think the defense shows up, and I think they get a really big win here. And uh, I think the defense comes back after just being shown that they kind of gave up the most points that they have all season, and I think they can get back on track right here. Yeah, it's always going to be a tough battle. You know, Maryland uh, played Ohio State close. I think that they're going to play uh, Penn State, give them a run for their money. Uh, we'll see. uh if Talia Tungvaloa can rally the troops, because I was not impressed with Penn State last week. You were a 32-and-a-half-point favorite against Indiana, and you struggled. You needed a you know, a scoop and score and a, a heave to the end zone pretty much uh, to escape that game. Uh, so I don't know if it was the hangover from the Ohio State loss or, or what, uh, but uh, to do that at home, I know the conditions weren't great. It was cold. It was raining. It was a typical Penn State home game uh, in the month of uh, October. Now you're in the month of November. Uh, but like you mentioned, you know, Penn State, you know, even with the loss to Ohio State, they have still everything ahead of them. You know, if they beat Michigan, if you look at the rest of their schedule, it's a walk in the park. They're going to go undefeated. I mean, they got Michigan State in there. If you watch Michigan State this year, they're not very good, especially uh, with all the off-the-field stuff that's been going on with that program too. Uh, so, Nonetheless, though, I do think that Penn State's defense uh, will travel. Uh, you know, if you know Talia Tombaloa, he's going to throw an interception in this game. Uh, so I think that Penn State's defense is going to be too much for Maryland. I do think that they cover this one. I think that it was pretty much sleepwalking uh, last week. they like, oh, this is Indiana. We could just uh, walk through them. Uh, but I think that they're going to be awake from this game. Uh, it's not an 11 a.m. game. That's been Penn State's kryptonite. They're going to have to do it again next week against Michigan. So we'll see if they pass their test. But this week, I think that they do. Give me 31 to 13. I think that they really cruise in this one. Like I mentioned, I think Maryland's going to keep it close for about a half. And then you're going to see the typical runaway from the Terrapins. So give me Penn State to win this one and set themselves up for 
a really big time matchup at home uh, against Michigan next week. Yeah, that'll be a great game to watch in our Big Ten game of the week next week. Um, that'll be a really good one. But moving over to the two teams that are going to join the Big Ten next year, but they're currently in the Pac-12 battling it out. Number five, the Washington Huskies are headed to Southern California to face off against the Trojans of USC, who are ranked at 20. Washington is that three-point favorite on the road. Um and I think that's really just benefit of the doubt of how they've played lately. Three points their way is pretty close. Um, and in my opinion, I think this is going to be a close game. I, I, I don't see it being a runaway for Washington. I think USC is going to keep this game as close as possible. Weird to think that everybody was talking about how USC is going to be a playoff team for two years in a row. And they're, they're going to be right there. I, In my opinion, I think... That if USC wants to be even in conversation of being a decent football team for next year, they need to keep this game close. I'm not saying win the game, but keep it close. Uh, Cause next year your feet are thrown in the fire and it's, there's no teams that are going to let up on you uh, in the big 10 coming next season. So uh, this game here with USC at home, it just feels like an upset game. It really does. And, and it's one of those where everything rides on the shoulders of Michael Penix Jr. And if Penix doesn't have a good game, USC could win this football game because defensively Washington has the defense, um, but USC has the offense in order to beat defense. And that's one of those things where you're going to match each other shot for shot and whoever's going to run it the longest is is going to be the team that's going to win this football game. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go – with the upset, I'm going to go with USC winning at home. Um, One-point game. I think that's all it takes to, to win this game, and it's going to be a one-point game. Put it in the mid-30s to 40s type game there. Um, But I'm going to go 38-37. I'm going to give it to USC to win it at home. Yeah, if you like offense, just please watch this game. The over is set at 76. That's probably one of the highest overs. I think that 30s is too low for these teams. If you watch these teams the past couple of weeks, it hasn't been pretty football. You know, Washington struggled uh, getting out of a win against Stanford. They gave up over 30 points uh, to a Stanford team uh, that's been struggling. They've been up and down. You know, they beat Colorado. That's been the talk of their their program lately and then the week before that they they barely beat an Arizona State team that's at the bottom so they struggled against the you know really the two bottom teams uh, in the Pac-12 and USC they're coming off of a game my gosh this defense continues to get worse and worse and worse uh, they gave up almost 50 points to Cal Cal decided to go for the two-point conversion they didn't get it I thought that they should have just went for the extra point. I mean, take that team overtime. Yes. That was probably going to be like a 70 to 72 game. And, and mm-hmm. it was like four overtimes the way that those two offenses were rolling. Uh, but man, if you would have told me like the impressive team through the first seven, eight weeks of the season after that Oregon win, it would have been Washington. But I haven't been impressed with this team. We'll see if they can wake up for the challenge. You know, Michael Penix, he's been, you know, you know, Arizona State game, he threw two interceptions. He was able to clean it up against Stanford. Uh, but I agree with you. It's been that show of agreements. I like USC here. I think that a lot of people have already buried this team because they already have two losses. Uh, but I like shakeup in college football. So I think it happens this week. You know, if Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma, 
I think that USC beats Washington really shakes up this Pac-12 race. Uh, so give me USC to win this one. Give me like 48 to 45. It's going to be that many points. You know, Washington has for sure has the better defense, but they have not looked really good the past couple of weeks. So I think with Cale Williams and company, uh, they'll be able to score. And I think it's going to take at least 40, maybe even 50 points to win this game. But I like the Trojans. So, you know, three points, Vegas is telling us something. They haven't been impressed with Washington either. So I think USC is in need of a big win. I think they get it here. Yeah, absolutely. And going over to the SEC, it is our all-encompass game of the week here. Uh, number 14, LSU, is headed to Tuscaloosa to face off against the eighth-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide, who are the three-point favorite at home. This game is going to be a very good game, 645 kickoff on CBS. Uh, I will be watching this game, of course, after I get home from the Peter Anderson Festival tomorrow and enjoy my morning and it'll probably be pretty desolate there in the afternoon so i know everybody is either going to be huddled around a tent with the with the tv watching this game uh or at home watching the game or at the bar uh or at a restaurant so i'm gonna head down to murky waters in downtown os tomorrow watch the game um but yeah it's gonna be a really good football game lsu last time of course they were in tuscaloosa with joe burrow was you know big win and everything so now Stuff has kind of flipped around, gone back and forth. LSU gets the big win last year at home. Going for the two-point conversion, they win the game. Yay, ta-da. Alabama's looking for blood, you know, that, and they're, they uh, smell the blood in the water here with this one. Go back home here. It's going to be a sold-out crowd there in Bryant-Denny. Um, I I just think three points, it, it means, I mean, just like the game we talked about before this, it means something. When we're down to three points here, something tells me something can happen in this game. Um, you know, you have a Heisman Trophy uh, guy who's going to be a Heisman Trophy finalist, we know that much, uh, is going to be playing for LSU. And it's just one of those where it's tough to think that Alabama can run the run away with this game at home they struggled against Tennessee in the first half of that game when they played at home. Tennessee kind of gave them a run for their money early, kind of got gassed. Alabama went back to their bread and butter and ended up winning that game. But LSU, if they stick with it offensively, I think they can win the game. It's going to be an offensive shootout in this game. Defense will not win this football game for sure. Um, the way these two teams throw the football and run the football. Um, I think whoever balances it, run pass, good enough will win this game i think lsu wins the run pass option there alabama runs the football a little too much for my liking lsu's front seven will stand up there um and i think get a big stop there somewhere in that game and be able to get maybe a turnover flip this game around uh so i'm gonna give lsu the win i think they can do it i, I think lsu can win in tuscaloosa really shake things up they're out of the college football playoff you know, and, and this is kind of a situation where they're going to pull Alabama down with them, I think, with this one. Um, so, yeah, give me the Tigers to win this one in Tuscaloosa. I'm going to go 35 to 31. I think uh, LSU wins it. Yeah, I think that this is probably going to be uh, an offensive shoot. I think that's the lowest, like, point spread I've seen in this series. Like, last year, Alabama was, like, the 14-and-a-half point favorite, and LSU ended up winning that game. So, 
whenever Alabama's at home against LSU, it's usually like a nine-point favorite or more. Like even in 2019, I think that Alabama was a, a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't know how that they were a five-and-a-half-point favorite, but they were. But now that there are three points, so, you know, Vegas maybe is telling you something. You know, this LSU team, you know, they lost against Florida State. It wasn't pretty. They lost against Ole Miss. That wasn't pretty on the defensive side. Uh, you know, the defense uh, has had their struggles. Don't get me wrong. You know, they've, you know, the past couple of weeks, they, they've been, uh, you know, figuring out. But it was against Army and, and Auburn. So, I don't know really how much you can really say into those teams. Auburn's offense isn't that very good. And Army just lost to UMass. I mean, Army is, yeesh, they are in a in a tailspin. Uh, so that army Navy game is not going to be too pretty this year. Uh, but yeah, this Alabama team, uh, this, they've had their struggles early in the season, you know, that South Florida game, uh, they were figuring out uh, the offensive identity. They lost to Texas, but as of late, you know, like you mentioned, I mean, they were dead in the water in the first half against Tennessee and Tennessee, uh, you know, they like in the Kentucky game, they said uh, that Tennessee thought that, Oh, we added, so we're just going to, you know, put our pedal off the gas. You never do that against Nick Saban in Alabama. So uh, Alabama, I think that they cannot afford to do that again because uh, I just don't think that they can keep up uh, with this LSU offense. Now, Alabama's defense uh, is probably going to be one of the, the better challenges that LSU is going to be facing all season, you know. You know, they struggled uh, to move the ball uh, against Florida State. Uh, that was the first game, uh, but – you know, they have some injuries uh, LSU does on the defensive side. Uh, they're without three of their starting cornerbacks, so that's not going to fare well for them against Alabama. They're Makai Wingo, one of their best defensive tackles. So I think with the injuries, that's going to compile too much uh, for LSU. Uh, so I have actually the Crimson Tide winning this one at home. Uh, give me a close one. I agree with you. Both teams are going to score in the 30s, uh, but – those injuries, and I think that, you know, putting freshmen on the field in this hostile environment is going to work out so well for LSU. Uh, so I think that's where Alabama has the advantage is on the defensive side. Uh, so give me Alabama to win this one 34-30. Yeah, close game there for both of us, one going one, one going the other way. Um, going to our, our fun group of five game of the week, of course we're headed to the Sun Belt Fun Belt like we normally are. Um, JMU James Madison is headed to Atlanta as the five and a half point favorite on the road against Georgia State. Um, the deal is, is Georgia State's a decent football team by record. Um, they get blown out last week against their in state rival, Georgia Southern. They lose 44 to 27 and kind of get disrespected in that regard there um so good for georgia southern they'll get a huge win there but uh georgia state's at six and two undefeated james madison now james madison surprises me that they're not inside the top 25 just well, i think that they're ineligible to they're ineligible are they for still the ineligible season. yeah which is okay. a, such a stupid rule i hate that right. rule like James well, they were running the table year. back-to-back years, and they can't even get to the Sun Belt Championship. So this game really means nothing to them. Right, and it's just one of those where they're more than likely to go undefeated with the schedule that remains. Um, and, and I think they'll continue here. They got a close win against Old Dominion last week, so that was just a field goal win there. But the rest of their wins are huge wins for the most part. Um, 
So, yeah, I'm going to go with James Madison to, to win this and cover that five and a half there against Georgia State. Um, the old Turner field, I don't think will bite them in the rear. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think James Madison wins this game single-handedly big time. For Georgia State on the other side, let's talk about Georgia State for just a second. Georgia State 6-2. and two. They get a week next week, kind of a eh week. And then the next week, they're headed to Baton Rouge to face off against LSU. And it's going to be a tough game for them. And if they really want to play a decent football team, this is one where to get back on track now to get ready for a game like that at LSU if they want to have a chance. I mean, I don't know how LSU is going to view that game. And it's one of those where – I don't think it's you very come like in between the Florida and A&M games. That is like a trap game. Like I, I can right. see Georgia State giving them a, a hiccup. Right. And that's one of those situations where if Georgia State wants to be that team that gives them a hiccup in that spot between those games, they really need to play James Madison hard and well in this game uh, in order for them to really have an opportunity to even sniff uh, the goal line in that game. So I think uh, – it's big for Georgia State to get this win. I just don't see them doing it against an undefeated James Madison. Yeah, I've really been impressed with Georgia State. I think that this program is heading in the right direction. I think that they're going to be a force in the Sun Belt. I mean, we we thought that Troy was like – they lost – like they were 0-2 to start, but, you know, they got buried against Kansas State. Uh, but ever since then, I mean, if you look at them, they are probably going to win that division again. You know, that was a big victory against South Alabama. All the other teams behind them are just average. <laughs> You know, Southern Miss is probably one of the worst teams in the Sun Belt. Uh, Louisiana is, you know, has been an up and down football team. Uh, so it's looking like, you know, Troy's going to run away with that. Uh, you know, I hate that James Madison is going to be able to play in the Sun Belt Championship, uh, but that's a discussion for another time. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I think that James Madison really been impressed with them. Like you mentioned, they escaped with a victory against Old Dominion. Old Dominion is one of those teams in the Sun Belt that you got to play your A game. Uh, so. I think that this is going to be, you know, James Madison, their defense, uh, they got one of the best defenses in the Sun Belt along with Troy. I would have loved to see James Madison versus uh, Troy this year, but if we didn't get to see it, uh, hopefully we'll get to see it uh, next coming years. Uh, but I'm going to go with James Madison in this one. I do think that this is a close game. I think that Georgia State uh, covers, uh, you know, the five and a half. I think that they got a very solid football team. Uh, so give me James Madison to win this one. I'll say uh, 28 to 24. Uh, so Georgia State barely covers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, us talking about the Sun Belt there, teams that have really dominated the Sun Belt for the last few years, uh, really kind of fallen apart other, you know, in, in the East-wise. The East has gotten good, you know, with the addition of James Madison there. You know, right behind them, like I mentioned, is Georgia Southern. They have the head of, head-to-head against Georgia State. I mean, if they if Georgia State really wants to be competitive in that aspect against Georgia Southern, they need to win this football game as far as the East goes. For that, you know, Coastal's out of it for the most part. Old Dominion's not a factor in it. Neither is uh, App State or Marshall. So it's one of those situations where the West, you know, Troy looks like they're going to run away with, with the West now that South Alabama has lost and fallen to two they're and three in the, the conference. Disappointments of the season. I, South Alabama, you know, the production that they had, I mean, to be, what is it, they are four and five at this point. Right. Uh, they have just been, like, losing to Central Michigan, I think that, I mean, they have just been up and down and up and down. You thought that 
you know, they had their lumps at the start of the season and then you, you beat Oklahoma State team. I mean, that's like one of the great wins of the group of five. Like you beat them pretty handily, 33 to seven. And then after that, you just put up stinker after stinker. I mean, yeah, definitely the bigger disappointments. Sure. Yeah. But my biggest disappointment in the Sun Belt is Southern Miss. Southern oh, Miss, yeah. you know, is 0-5 in the conference, hasn't won a conference game this year, um, and really just has fallen apart big time. And, and I don't know what it's going to take for them to get back on track. You know, they were in Conference USA for the longest time. We're a decent football team. You know, coming to the Sun Belt, they thought they'd be a really good fit. Last year was a decent football team and, and played pretty well. Um, and now that they've kind of welcomed to the Sun Belt and, and they've gotten torched all season long over and over again. So they're my biggest disappointment for the Sun Belt. But Sun Belt is strong, competitive. I like the Sun Belt a lot um as my best conference in, in the group of five i just think that you know pound for pound the teams are the closest uh you know competitive competitive wise you know as you can get in in a conference uh, outside of the power five uh, but moving away from our picks and our games we're going to get to our best bets of the week tyler what is your best bets plural of yep. the week Yep, give you two here a week. Uh, I'm going to go to the Pac-12. This is a late one. This is a 9-30 game on Fox Sports 1. Give me Arizona plus two and a half against UCLA. You know, Arizona, if you haven't watched this team, I think that they're the best three-loss team in the country. I mean, they they have uh, their close losses. I mean, you know, they lost to Mississippi State in overtime. They lost uh, to Washington by seven. Uh, but they're coming off of a very good performance against Oregon State. Uh, two of us, we were high on Oregon State. Uh, but, man, Arizona, their offense has been absolutely cruising. Their defense has traveled. Uh, so I think that UCLA, they're coming in a very hostile environment. Uh, so give me Arizona plus two and a half. And if you want to take it a step further, I honestly would feel confident of taking Arizona outright. Yeah, it's a good game there. Absolutely. Um for me, this one, I'm going to go 2.30 game on CBS, uh, Missouri and Georgia. Georgia's the 15-and-a-half at home. I'm going to take the Tigers to cover the 15-and-a-half like on the road. I would like to see Missouri really put up a fight there on the road at Georgia and really show that they can be competitive against one of the top teams in the country. Um, yeah, I think that they have a, ch- a shot there, you know, and if they don't turn the ball over, hold on to the football, play good methodical football like they can, I think they have a shot. Um, maybe get an upset. Who knows what can happen in a game like that. Missouri's gotten really good this year. Yeah, I would like to see that game being closer. You know, Missouri coming off the bye week, I think that their offense, they got to be on their A game okay, because not many teams have been able to play this Georgia team close, uh, especially at home. Uh, between the hedges, as we like to say. Uh, but uh, I'm going to stick it to the 2.30 game. It's on ABC, and yes, I am going to Bedlam. It is uh, – I'm going to pick Oklahoma State to cover the plus six. I Even even if Oklahoma wins, I don't think that they win by that much. Uh, but I, I feel confident that Oklahoma State is going to get the upset. Uh, so if you really want to be bold, pick the money line. Uh, but for this sake, uh, for the best bet, go with Oklahoma State uh, to cover uh, the plus six, especially at home. Yeah, I'm going to give you an interesting one here. Um, I just think it's the makings of a close football game. I'm going to go Cal and Oregon. Oregon's yeah. the 24 and a half at home in Eugene. Uh, Cal played a really fantastic football game the last couple of weeks. They've played really yeah. well and bounced back. So don't look at their schedule. Don't look at their their 
their record and say three and five, they're a terrible football team. They're they're a pretty good team. So uh, I, I'm going to give Cal the cover, the 24 and a half there. Um, I think they can keep it two touchdowns or so uh, in Eugene. So I'm going to give Cal the benefit of the doubt uh, that they can keep it close there against Oregon. Um, any other bets, Tyler? Uh, I mean, outside uh, of that, uh, you know what? Let's just go to your team. I think that Penn State can cover. It's now a nine and a half, uh, but I think that Penn State, I just think that they were sleepwalking. I don't think that they do that again. I think that they really put it to them, put it in a statement, uh, and, you know, they definitely need to build some confidence. Like if they get a close win against Maryland, if you're a Penn State fan, you're not going to feel too good against Michigan. Uh, but if your team uh, steps up, I think that Penn State steps up on the road. Uh, so give me the, the Nittany line. So, you know, Penn State, you know, if you really looked at them outside the Ohio State game, and the Indiana game, they've been a team that's been covering the whole entire season, really. And if you go back to a couple of years ago, like Penn State has been one of the top teams, you know, along with James Madison uh, to, you know, to cover. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, against the spread, they've been very good uh, for the last few years. Uh, but I'll give you one last one here. Interesting game. Uh, Vegas looks at it as a trap game for Kansas on the mm. road at Iowa State. Iowa State's the two-and-a-half-point favorite at home against a ranked Kansas team at 21 after their huge win uh, a week or so ago. Games are always tough. <laughs> it's a tough game, but give me Kansas to cover it to cover the two and a half the other direction and win this game outright. Uh, I just don't see Iowa State winning a football game like this, especially after the heater uh, that Kansas has been on for the last season or so. So I I just don't see them doing it. Uh, So many teams still in the race uh, for the Big 12 championship and so much can happen. We talked about Kansas and OU, but it could be neither of them at the end of it. Who knows what could happen? Uh, in the Big 12. That's the biggest question mark, I think, in college football right now there. Of course, we'll keep you guys posted. Go watch some football this weekend. Have a good time. We will see you guys again next week, of course, for College Football Coast to Coast Week 11 preview, uh, and we will look at it as we get closer and closer to Conference Championship Week and getting into our bowl season. And Of course, the CFB polls coming out on Tuesday. We'll give you all a reaction to that of course, and we look for a lot to happen kind of like this weekend in Bedlam. So we will see you guys next week for week 11.